uh, Gideon said was all those that's fearful go home. Boy, 22,000 left. That had to be a little discouraging, Brother Adcock, just to be totally truthful with you. Just had to be a little bit discouraging to do that. Good to see Timmy and Katie tonight. Praise the Lord. Glad for each one that's here. I trust you're having a good week. October the 25th, folks, the year is just about to get away from us. I'm going to read tonight from Hebrews 13 and verse 17. Uh, we've been trying to get started on our core values uh, series, and I thought maybe that it would be best or good uh, to answer the question, does it matter, we're going to talk about the ministry tonight, does it matter uh, what the ministry has to say about it? We want to see what the scriptures say. Uh, actually, I am charged by the Lord uh, to be the watchman on the wall, and I wish all of y'all could feel the weight of that sometimes. Awesome responsibility to teach and preach the people of God. And uh, Hebrews 13, verse 17 says, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. And everybody say, Praise the Lord. Bless you, you may be seated. Uh, we do live in a different day than it was. Uh, seemed like even when I was a boy growing up, it seems like if Brother Hill uh, said we don't do such and such, it never crossed our mind to do it. And we have lived to see the day, and I say a lot of things have happened in the last 20 or 30 years, but I might tell you that that does not change the Word of God. Uh, the Word of God is forever settled. And, uh, and, of course, he gave, also told a minister that we are not lords over God's heritage. I certainly believe that and that we're to love the flock and watch the flock. and uh, But I want to talk, this is actually a lesson that we had a while back in the Sunday school, uh, some of it, but uh, in that verse there, it says, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. This is something we all struggle with. I said we all struggle with. Human nature wants to do what human nature wants to do. You see it in a child. They don't really want to clean up the backyard. They don't really want to take out the trash. And, of course, fortunately, we're generally bigger than our children, and so we can see that they do it up to a certain age. I remember when I got to be about 14, I was as big as my daddy. I mean, I was as tall and I was as heavy. But the good news was he had put such a fear in me up to that point that uh, I wouldn't have even thought about anything but just obeying whatever he said. Uh, I will say this, that uh, that I certainly don't believe that uh, when anybody in authority, I don't believe everything is always done right, but there is a blessing that comes with being submissive to the word of the Lord. Uh, I do believe that. Like I mentioned not too long ago about even in Shreveport uh, trying to, uh, Brother Hudspeth asked us not to play softball, and I don't understand that to this day. But uh, he was my pastor, and that was all that it took for me. Uh, matter of fact, I find out that people that pray really don't have trouble. So I'll just tell you that that right there, if you really pray, 
uh, you may not understand it, may not even like it, but you can have the victory. But uh, when you look at this, if you ever looked up the word submit, you know what the word submit means? Surrender. It means surrender. And that's why I'll be truthful. I try to be careful about what I say is a heaven or hell issue. The Bible says in Revelation that it's just as wrong to add to the Scripture as it is to take away. And I take that very serious there. Uh, I, I want to be careful. But if we're also at the same time, though, we also know that human nature being what it is, people drift. Is this not true? There is a something about gradualism. We have seen it in the United Pentecostal Church. And uh, some of it, you know, maybe it doesn't matter that much, but some of it does matter. Uh, there are churches today that do not look Pentecostal that have the name United Pentecostal Church out on their sign. Uh, that is a sad day when that happens. I don't understand why you'd want to identify yourself as United Pentecostal if you wasn't going to, because uh, a lot of people know what we believe or, or what we stand for. Now, in our area, you know what? A lot of people don't. When you get in a bigger area, people don't know. But you go to a small town. I dare say in Philadelphia, Brother Adcock, everybody knows what difference between Pentecost and non-Pentecost. There's That's an old bed of Pentecost. I, at Louisville, I'm sure that everybody around there, they know when you say you're Pentecostal that, that you're supposed to be one of them long-haired, tongue-talking, holy rollers kind of people. They understand that. Now, we live in an area where really they, they don't understand that. A lot of people don't. But that, once again, does not change it. i tell you where the real problem for me comes in. The word minister means servant. I am a minister, so I am to be a servant. But then also, uh, remember, won't you turn with me, 1 Peter 5. We'll go ahead and read this. There is a dual purpose that I have that makes it kind of 1 Peter, if I can find it here. i got my new Bible here. I mean, I know the chapters are still in the same place, but my pages aren't worn right. 1 Peter 5 and verse 1 says this, The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. But the, the word I want you to notice there in verse 2 says, taking the oversight. Uh, I am all, Not only am I a servant, which yes means I am to minister and I am to submit myself. When, like I say, anybody can call me in the middle of the night and I get up and I go. But it also says that I am the overseer. The overseer is the superintendent of the job. Anybody ever been a superintendent on the job? The superintendent on the job is the one that, that gives the directions there. And so this is where a lot of confusion or, or, I mean, I shouldn't say confusion, struggle comes in in being trying to be what the Lord has called me to be for the fact that I believe we're supposed to be ministers, we're supposed to be servants. You know what the word deacon? It means a minister. It means to wait upon. In fact, the first example in the Bible was the disciples said, you know, we haven't got time to wait upon the table. So they sought out uh, seven men full of the Holy Ghost. And, of course, most of them ended up being preachers. 
is what happened with most of them, or did all of them, brother. <laughs> you know, they all ended up really being preachers. But they started off by showing a willingness to be a servant, a willingness. And I, I have, would tell anybody that would come to me and talk about, well, I feel like the Lord's dealing with me. Uh, if I can't be faithful in the small things, uh, then I don't believe God's going to, uh, he, he says he'll elevate you if you submit yourselves. And so uh, I always did whatever I was asked to do. I still think that's the right spirit to do it. Uh, like I say, I've worked with children. I worked in the nursing homes in Shreveport. It seemed like I did it all there. But uh, but I want to read uh, now in Acts 20, and I want to read verses 28 through 30 for another little foundational scripture here. Acts 20 and verse 28 it says, Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers. And can I, can I say, and of course in studying this, even this lesson somebody put out, God, the Bible says, puts one up and takes another one down. We do believe that, don't we? I say that God's in charge. I don't think ha things happen by accident. He said, the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. And of course, that's talking about false prophets, false teachers, people to come in, try to tell you it doesn't matter how you're baptizing. It doesn't matter what how you dress or act. And then also verse 30 says, Though also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. And uh, that I looked up that word perverse in the dictionary, and it says to distort things. That not everybody's a false prophet, but it says that sometimes there are going to be people rise up trying to distort things. And so one of my jobs is to try to make sure we keep our eyes uh, on the prize of what we're trying to do here and understanding that it is an awesome. I trust that you pray for me every day. I'm just trusting and hoping and believing that you do. Uh, the last couple of months has been probably some of the most stressful or without a doubt almost outside of maybe when we lost the baby, the most stressful time of my life because dealing with situations and problems and troubles and, and things that, that, that are beyond my scope and, and the different attacks upon uh, the family unit and things that have gone on. And, it, and the, there's an all-out attack, folks. The devil wants to destroy. He is a destroyer. I mentioned that Sunday. And so we need to understand uh, that God wants us to follow after him. And it says in Ezekiel 22 and 30, I'll read this for you. It says, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. God has got to use men. He didn't have to, but he chose to do it that way. He chose by the foolishness of preaching. When Cornelius had an angel appear to him, that angel did not tell Cornelius what to do to be saved said, you call for one Simon Peter, and he'll tell you what to do. You need to have a pastor. You need to have somebody that can tell you the truth. Yes, you can read your Bible at home. Yes, you can study. But what did the Scripture say? It said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. 
It didn't say it wouldn't prevail against you if you're not in the church. That's why you need to be in the church. There's strength in the church. There's unity in the church. That when somebody's down, that somebody across the aisle begins to pray for them. And there's none of us that doesn't need prayer. If everything is well in your life tonight, if the Lord tarries, you're going to be needing prayer before long. Either you're going to need prayer in your body, you're going to need prayer financially, you're going to be prayer for your children or your grandchildren. We're all going to need prayer. And so what the devil would like to do would let us get sidetracked and off the main thing of what we're supposed to be doing here. The main thing is reaching the lost. But if we spend all our time having to deal internally, then he's doing a good job of distracting us from our main goal. I believe it was Brother Grisham worked for, I don't know if it was IBM or somebody, some big company back years ago. And when he became a preacher, uh, he said, you know, I, I was amazed at us. We get together and have rallies and talk about how good God is. He said, but in the business world, and we know the business world and the church is not the same, but you don't just get up and say, whoo, man, what a sales meeting we had. No, they want to know how much selling have you done. It's not we had a good sales meet. Boy, we had a good speaker. Boy, we felt good. We laughed. They want to know, let me see the bottom line. What kind of week did you have? I don't know if you've ever gone to a sales meeting, but it's, it's kind of bad when you get there and you know they're going to ask, how'd you do? I've been there where you just was hoping they was just going to just ask for those top five or something. You was hoping they wasn't going to post it. I go, you go to the car place, I see they have the salesman's names up over there, and they got right there where if you really look, you can see who's doing good and who's not. Boy, don't you, aren't you glad don't work that way in the church? Everybody's name up on the wall there. And I tell you what, in Texarkana, actually it was Brother Coker's church. I was still surprised. They... Uh, they built a new sanctuary, and they had pledges. Nothing necessarily wrong with pledges, but they had it out in the foyer, everybody's name that had pledged, and they had different months, and you had your name checked if you'd given your pledge. Well, you know, that might be kind of bad uh, to do it that way. Excuse me a minute. Aren't you glad that God doesn't flash up on the screen, whether you prayed every day this week or not? You read your Bible every day. It might be kind of bad, but you know what? He knows. Sometimes we act like he doesn't know. Be truthful with you, I almost can tell. Hallelujah. Not all the time, but I mean just almost can tell because there's something about somebody that's in tune with the Spirit that uh, is easily entreated. But I, I do feel this way uh, that the calling of God uh, is an awesome calling and it's a wonderful blessing and it's also scary to be truthful with you. You know, when I first got started dealing with me, uh, I thought it was just me. I got a lot of preachers in my family. Uh, I struggled with it. I didn't know what to do. I was third, uh, yeah, almost 30 years old and uh, it just seemed like, what am I going to do here, God? We believe that the minister is called by God. You don't just say, you know, I believe I'd like to be a preacher. You know, I do like fried chicken. Do you know that some churches don't believe in a called ministry? We bought a house in Shreveport from a, a man. He was a psychologist, and he decided he wanted to be a pastor. And in his denomination, that's okay. He had a degree. He had a doctorate degree, so that made him qualified to be a pastor. That does not make him qualified to be a pastor. 
because if we're trying to get by on our human ability, uh, we're going to be in trouble. And so God calls him and chooses him, and then also God sends him. And uh, here's the thing we wonder sometimes, oh, God, I don't know if I'm going to have the ability. Let me assure you, God's not going to call you to do something you can't do. He's either already knows, he knows what you can do and can't do, but he also knows what can happen if you'll dedicate yourself to him. And the real truth of the church is, if the Holy Ghost works, it's really not near as important what kind of degree I have or not have in education. And as much as I believe in education, uh, I'm afraid sometimes we almost have got to the point we're starting a uh, what we call school of theology. And I'm from the United Pentecostal Church. I think it's a great thing. That's not going to make a preacher out of anybody, though, because it's something God has to call. I would love to have the opportunity to go. But uh, the pastor is not a hireling. The pastor is not just a, this is somebody we're paying to preach to us, not a real pastor. It's not a matter of just, hey, I, this is what I, I don't know how to do anything else, and, and so I'm employed here. Actually, and, and this is what, it, let me read this from a lesson on who wrote this. Of course, it was a preacher. said, but the, the pastor is a man of God sent by God to that congregation. His supreme responsibility is to God. My number one responsibility is to God. I'm here by y'all's approval. I do get my money from y'all, but I work for God. It is kind of a unique setup here. And we have to believe that. Because I have to be able to follow after the Holy Ghost. And the good news is, if you're following after the Holy Ghost, most time people can tell if the blessings of God is on your life. There is something about the approval of God that, uh, that if you're, that doesn't mean it's always like, say, I've seen, I've known good men that I still don't understand to this day that seems like they, they can't seem to have their church growing. I don't know if they're just in a bad environment or what. But see, that doesn't, you don't know what else is happening, though. In other words, it's not always the outward thing, but you can tell there's some kind of approval when God, David, people noticed there was something different about him. And, of course, uh, by nature, like I say, the calling is of a servant. And I do believe in that. I believe that anybody, of all people, that a preacher should show a spirit of humility. I do believe that. Uh, there's nothing worse to me than cockiness in the pulpit. Uh, you know, that, that is, and I have seen in particularly, uh, and of course sometimes you are misunderstood, we all are, but I have seen some people, maybe they didn't know it. Uh, matter of fact, I, I'm going to actually give you a chance before we get through tonight. I'm, I'm actually going to give you, let you take a little survey tonight about, uh, about me and the church and what we're doing here because I want to do all I can to help everybody. You know, I, I want to be, a, I want to do what God wants me to do, and I want to do what majority of what y'all think we ought to do. Because, you see, the truth is, they don't give you a book when you're a pastor, and as Brother Eckhock told me, it'd be obsolete if they did. Times are changing so fast that it would be hard uh, to do that. But understanding God's plan, God needs a spokesman. You understand, if you don't have a leader, you got trouble. Like I say, if we had a, uh, I wasn't here the night we was gone when they was going to clean for the church a couple of years ago. I mentioned this recently, but it was just, everybody come, we're going to clean the church. And they told me one one pew got cleaned about 14 times, and one section didn't get touched at all. Somebody's got to be in charge. If we're going to have battle, 
somebody's got to make some decision. You 10 guys need to go over and watch that hill, and you six guys be looking in the valley down there uh, because somebody's got to make some decision. And God has ordained in every church that the pastor has to make some decisions. And I, I'm telling you, there are some weighty decisions and understanding that there's no way you can please everybody all the time. How many of y'all think the temperature is just right tonight? Well, not many. Some nights I burn up in here. Some nights I feel about right, so I know most of y'all must be cold. And uh, so there's no way, there's no way we can get the PA just exactly where everybody could do it, would like it. There's just impossible. So ultimately there has to be some decisions made. And, uh, of course, that, a lot of things, to me, it's just whatever the majority. I mean, to me, the temperature needs to be, I guess, basically for the majority. I got no trouble with that. But when it comes to teaching and preaching of the Word of God, we're not going to take a vote on whether we're going to start smoking or drinking. You know, we're not going to take a vote on that. You know, I mean, we, we're going to teach and preach the Word of God. And so what I'm asking you all tonight is to understand and pray that we have, or I have, and Brother Eckhock certainly has for these many years, a tremendous responsibility. I don't want people's blood on my hands. That, that's the number one thing that I think when I first started preaching, all I felt was the inspiration to preach. Because that, that's all I got to do was just, you know, once every six months or something, I'd get up to preach. And so all you're trying to do is just preach a little message. But now knowing that not only me, but I've, we've got our children, our grandchildren. And uh, let, let me just not want to get into this really that much tonight, but our children are hearing things that they don't need to hear. They don't need to hear anything negative in the church. We're going to have enough battle to save our children as it is. And I have had two or three reports of that our children are overhearing their parents talking or, or their friend is telling them this or that. I plead with you. Our children need to think this is a perfect world, the church world. They know it's not. But out of our mouths, they should think that it is. Because the devil's doing everything he can to deceive them. If he can't get them out there to smoke and drink and dope, if he can get them to think that this is not really real, the Bible says that they'll know that we're his disciples because we have love one toward another. That's how we're going to know that. And so uh, I, I made this statement a while back, and it, it really bothers me, although it, it, I'm afraid it's the truth. I'm afraid sometimes us Holy Ghost-filled people have the same attitudes and problems that people that don't have the Holy Ghost. That's sad. Some of you that's been in churches before you got here, you know, that's a sad commentary. If we would stay full of the Holy Ghost, we can overcome anything. Do you know what a lot of problems are? Misunderstandings. I'm just going to tell you right now. Somebody says something, and either it's twisted or it was taken out of context. And so something gets in their mind that somehow it's wrong. Had one or two things just, just recently came to my attention. And I thought, I didn't say anything like that. Somehow it got turned around. If you ever have a question of what the Bible says, you're supposed to go to that person. If you have alt or if you think there's something wrong. 
not go to somebody else. You're supposed to go to that person because it's bad to find out that it wasn't what you thought it was. You know, as I said before, I'd hate for somebody to say, you know, I saw Brother Becton's car down there in front of some juke joint there in uh, Jackson and just go around telling everybody. I would think that people ought to be concerned. Number one, was it really my car? And number two, is it possible? I hadn't been down there, folks, just clear that up. <laughs> but, but just to point out, or somebody would come and say, Brother Becton, Matter of fact, Brother Brown is good about doing this. Really, he is. A time or two, he's come in, shut the door, and said, Brother Beckton, there's just something I need to ask you. I don't want it bothering my mind. Because it, it, it was something that could have been misconstrued. And, when the, and the last time he did it, I said, no, Brother Brown. <laughs> no, 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 that's not what the deal was at all. I'm glad he came to me. I won't even tell y'all what it was. But, no, but I'm just saying, in other words, something that he didn't understand, that was the proper approach to go. In other words, instead of saying, well, I saw somebody doing something, we're not trying to hurt each other, are we? We're trying to help each other. I want to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. I do believe in the mercies of God. I believe people's going to make mistakes. I believe we're supposed to work together. But like I say, a lot of times it's a misunderstanding. You know what the problem is in a lot of relationship is a misunderstanding. You thought it was going to be this way and come to find out that wasn't what they meant. Even on the job, have you ever got a job and uh, they didn't explain your duties well? Anybody ever been there? You know how frustrating that is? When I worked for Skyline Mobile Homes, I was a sales rep, and I knew what to do the first four hours of the day, but the rest of the day, I was just supposed to roam around in the back or something and look at them building mobile homes. You know, four hours is a long time when you're, you know, don't care nothing about building like I don't. You know, they try to explain about the wire that we use copper wire. You know, well, that's good, that's good. I didn't know what other kind of wiring there was. But there's aluminum wiring, I found out. You know, there is aluminum wiring. We use copper wiring. We use three-quarter inch. We don't use half-inch particle, three-quarter inch. But, I mean, I was every day. But, I mean, they didn't really tell me what I was supposed to do. And it's frustrating when you don't know what you're supposed to do. And it's, the truth is, if we could give everybody a manual before we had kids, it'd really help, wouldn't it? You know, we sometimes... Uh, you know, we're having children having children is what it really is. Anybody ever feel funny when you brought the baby home? Like, what am I supposed to do now, man? You know, I, I, I like children when they get about two. I mean, I like them when they're little, but don't leave them with me. I like them. You know, sounds like they're talking in tongues. You know, I mean, I like them. But... But don't leave them with me because I, I don't like changing diapers. I, I, I change some of breads. I, I changed a few of Shelly, but I changed more breads. And I, I didn't like it. Uh, but I did it. And I, I've even changed the little boy's diapers. But, you know, I needed a manual. Cindy left, uh, was it Brett or Shelly, with her sister and told her to feed them every four hours. Well, Candy woke them up to feed them, you know. And Cindy said, if they're sleeping, leave them alone. You don't wake them up to feed them. But she was trying to go by the schedule. 
What I'm saying, what I'm trying to say through that is, is that my job is a tough job because everybody has different expectations. See, some people, and, 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 and this is my philosophy, I mean, this was the way I was, some people never call and they never ask. They just come to church and they just want to hear the teaching and the preaching. You know, that they just like, that's just the way they like it. Other people, they, they want you to call and, and check any time they miss. Some people, it makes them mad if you call when they miss. They do. You checking up on me? Well, no, I just was concerned about you. Sure you were. You didn't have the tie check, did you? No, no, that's not what I, I'm talking about. Just trying to check, you know. I'm just saying, everybody's different. So could I, could I say this to you? As a matter of fact, we got a little sheet here. Really, I would like to know if you'd like me to call you when you're not here, let me know. I'll call you. And if you don't want to be called, I'd like to know. Because my, but the truth is, I found out a lot of people are busy nowadays, and you call them at the wrong time, they think you're up to something. You know, and all I was just trying to be was kind and nice. Uh, but what a, and then some people don't answer the phone sometimes when you call, and uh, that caller ID, you know, is, <laughs> oh, answer machine, okay, so it wasn't just me, okay, that makes me feel better then. You know, some people, the, the caller ID, has, you know, I kind of like a caller ID myself. The bad news is, unless it's unknown, I, I got to answer it, you know. So if you got a phone that's unknown, I probably ain't going to answer it, you know. Uh, anybody got an unknown on your thing? Oh, do you? Do you? Do you? Well, so you need to speak into the machine if you've got an unknown. Uh, because I found out as you to somebody telling me this is my lucky day, <laughs> you know, that, that I am in the final running for a cruise somewhere. Uh, God's way is always, is always best. We, we talk about, we're going to be talking about marriage in a few weeks when we get through with, uh, and we're going to be spending the next few weeks talking about holiness or however long it takes. We want to cover all our basic doctrine. But uh, we need to understand, just like a family runs right when the order is like God set up. God set up for the man to be the head of the house, the wife and the children. And when that's the order that it's done, there is a blessing on that. There is a blessing on that. Well, anybody believe that? Just tell us what the Bible says. And uh, it also says that in the order of the church, there is an order. And it's the pastor. There's the chief shepherd, which is Jesus, and then it's the pastor. And that everyone else is under that. Like I say, not a lord over God's heritage, but somebody has to make some decisions. And so you need to understand, uh, there's no way. I wish all y'all could live in the glass house for a while. I wish you could, and your children too. To where everything that you do or your children do, everybody notices that more than what anybody else does. It's really a heavy weight and responsibility, but it's just part of the job. I understand that. You get tough skin when you get to be a preacher, or you better get tough skin. Brother Edcock, that's why he, I told you, he's tough, man. Brother Edcock, he, that's what made him tough pastoring all these years, I guess. Uh, you know, you got to get rhinoceros skin or something, I guess, to be able to perceive. And uh, But here's what one of the points I want to make, and then we're going to do this little thing because I want to ask y'all's opinion about some things. The Bible does talk about Saul was trying to kill David. Saul was wrong. 
Saul was trying to kill David. That was wrong. David had a chance to kill him. But here's what it says in 1 Samuel 24 and verse 6. And he said unto his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch forth mine hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. 1 Samuel 26 and 9 says, And David said to Abishai, Destroy him not, for who can stretch forth his hand against the Lord anointed and be guiltless? The Lord forbid that I should stretch forth mine hand against the Lord's anointed. That is a principle, folks. That is a true principle. Uh, I would never think of, of Brother Travis as my superintendent. And as far as I know, I don't know him that well. And I, I told Brother Eric, I, I don't know anything about Brother Travis that I don't like. I, I'm sure if I was around him every day, there'd probably be something I didn't like. But you know what? He is my superintendent. And so I wouldn't think Brother Adcock is my presbyter. If somebody was to call me here in the section uh, talking about Brother Adcock, I, I would think, what, what are you talking about? This is our elected uh, man, and we believe that's ordained of God. And that, so I, I wouldn't be involved in that. Why? I want the blessings of God, not on me, but also on my children. You see, we have gathered a lot of people in our church here that was in other churches, right? We haven't had revival, folks. I want to have revival. But you know why we have gathered a lot of folks here? They were not content where they were at. And so they sought for another place. That's really the honorable thing to do. Not to try to cause problems and troubles. Because God's church is not going to be defeated. We are here on the verge of revival. We've been preaching this really ever since I've been here. We are close to revival. We're still close to revival. And naturally, I still think Brother Albritton's message of the Thursday night was what a great message that there stands an open door before us. There's not a place in Mississippi that's got the potential that Brandon, Mississippi's got. I believe that. There is not a setting anywhere in the state that I would... Uh, well, of course, I don't love any place like I love Brandon, but I'm just saying even the setting, this is as good a setting as you'll find anywhere. We're on the edge of a city. We live in one of the fastest-growing counties in the state, either first or second or something like that. We have got a wonderful group of people, praying people. We are setting before an open door. But the devil is going to fight us. I hope that we'll be mature enough to understand that sometimes there's misunderstandings and that if there are, that we as Holy Ghost-filled people ought to be able to sit down and discuss things, should we not? In other words, if I've got a problem with Sister Betty and Sister Barbara, the thing to do is to go to Sister Betty and Sister Barbara. That's the biblical thing to do. Because, you see, I, I, I want to think, now if y'all tell me y'all saw them down at that drink joint, I'm just can't, I'm going to believe it's in there witnessing. That's what I'm going to believe. And even if you saw them twirling around in there, I don't think it was the hooch that was doing it. I believe it's the Holy Ghost got a hold of when they went in there. I mean, wouldn't you give them the benefit of the doubt on that? Sure, that's what I would do. But see, somebody driving by might say, man, not only are they messed up, but I'm seeing double, man. There's something there in there juking and jiving and carrying on there. But what I'm saying, folks, we got children. I've got too much to gain to lose to let anything hinder the move of the Holy Ghost. And all of us do. You need to pray. Our young people are in a storm right now. 
I'm telling you, they're in a storm right now. They need the strength of this church. They need us to show them that we love them and we love God. That, hey, that today is the first day of the rest of our life. We're not worrying about all the things that's gone on, but we're trying to be an example to them that we can be an overcomer in this world. These little children been praying. Y'all notice a lot around the altar. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, the, the four, five, six, seven, eight-year-old. Oh, if we could keep them there. Oh, if we could get such a spirit and atmosphere that they would grow up and never leave there. And the truth is, it is possible. We know when they get 12, 13, and 14, they start thinking on their own. They start doing all these kind of things. But it doesn't have to be that way. If the church would be on fire like it ought to be on fire, and we would love like we ought to love, we would, they would not have a desire to go out to the things of the world. If they would see in us the genuine love of God, which is what they need to see, and... Uh, I would ask you on, uh, you know, I, I, a lot of my work is at night time, and uh, I know a lot of y'all work, and I, I want you to know anytime you need to call me, I've told you, I've got a pager on, Brother Adcock told me today, well, you can tell me if they can't get a hold of you, they can always call me. Uh, Brother Brown, of course, is here at the church in the daytime now. There's somebody available anytime you need us. All you got to do is call. We want to be there. Do you know if we don't know about it, we can't do it? Actually, a couple of people have had a little minor surgeries, and, and we didn't find out after the fact. And, of course, that was their, certainly their prerogative, you know. Hey, well, I'll tell you who we didn't pray for. We need to pray for Jennifer's daddy. Praise the Lord. Did you talk to him this afternoon? He had uh, how many? Triple bypass uh, yesterday. So we need to pray for him. Uh, but we're, we're in this thing together, folks. That's what we need to understand. We're in this thing together. I mentioned it a lot long ago. Uh, they, they made a book, and I, I understand that they made a movie out later on. It was called Friendly Fire, how that in every war there's people that's killed by their own people by mistake. They, in Vietnam, they, they was bombing, and sometimes they would bomb areas where our men were. Or even sometimes in shooting of the guns, the wrong person was at the wrong place and got destroyed. How terrible it must feel to realize you shot, shot your brother or your friend by mistake. And here in the church of the living God, the devil knows if he can keep us looking at ourselves, we're never going to worry about the lost world out there. And folks, I believe there's sincere folks in this city. I believe there's people hungry for God in this city. And, uh, and so tonight, though, I, I'm asking for your input tonight. We, you know, we took a survey last year in November about different things. I need uh, some ushers, if y'all would help me. Uh, I got two sheets, and it won't take you long. Now, Brother Brown made up my sheet here for me, so I'm going to go ahead and pass them out, brother, if you will. I'm going to make it simple for you here. Brother Brown, it says, it says, uh, the first question is, the pastor is leading the church in the right direction. Now, he's got S-A means you strongly agree. M-A means you moderately agree. Z-O means you have no opinion. M-D means you moderately You can just put yes or no if you want to. Uh, you know, you, you can put S-A or B-A or D-A or whatever you want to, but I'm just saying you can just put yes or no if you want to. Uh, and then uh, on the second page, 
I, I, this for you that have come that haven't been here a long time what is the main thing that attracted you to the first Pentecostal Church of Brandon you know that would be an interesting thing to know number two what are the top three things that you enjoy about Brandon now number three what ministries do you enjoy the most and then number four do you have any suggestions for brother Beckton some things you'd like for me to do things you think maybe I'm not doing or something we knew we could do and uh, and we got some pens there yeah uh, if you want to, Sister Julia. I told you I was going to push you a lap around if you can. Uh, no, don't sign your name there, Sister Julia, because I, I don't want anybody to feel like they can't uh, answer freely. Uh, now, Brother Brown, like I say, if you'll notice, when you get it 13, 14, and 15, uh, you answer however you feel. I don't know if you really are able to evaluate that right. It says the pastor balances his time correctly. Uh, probably me and the Lord's only one knows that's true, but you can answer that however you feel. Yeah, you need something to write on? Huh? Well, my wife's going to feel one out. I don't know you. Yeah. Now, she might can answer number 13, 14, or 15. Uh, you know what's sad? It says number 16. Uh, where was that one? One of them about being in touch. Sometimes I, you can be so busy in the work of the Lord, you're out of touch with your family. Uh, really? That, that, I mean, that's true. Any Brother Edcock can tell you there's a lot of men, a lot of families under pressure in the ministry. Because sometimes we, especially like my wife works in the daytime, a lot of my work here in Brandon pastoring is at nighttime. And so sometimes uh, I don't have, I'm not at home much at night. And so it can cause uh, a question. And then I, there's one other question after all, oh, I guess I'll wait till everybody gets that out there. I try, I don't make it every week. I try to go to the nursing home every week. Saw Brother Way today and Sister Minnie Boyd and Sister Lacey. Uh, I would encourage some of y'all to go to the nursing home. You got to, well, that's a nice one where Brother Way is, though. You have to know, the, you have to punch a button to even get in there. I thought the door was stuck. The last time I was over there, it must not have been locked or something. I'm pulling on the door, and, and the bottom, you know, comes out. But the top is where it's locked. I was just a yanking on the door, and they finally come running down there. Uh, I would encourage some of you that have some free time to visit some of these. Uh, if you were in the nursing home, I believe you'd appreciate somebody visiting you. Anybody need a pencil or a pen? And I do have... If you just draw a blank across the bottom of the page there, I asked y'all that this summer, but I did it with an oral vote. I do spend about 20 hours a week when I'm not in Brandon on average. And so I ask you if that's all right or if it's not all right. Uh, about 20 hours a week on the average, I'm not in the city limits. I actually work about two hours a week, but I'm actually, uh, anybody ever done any driving, uh, I'm, I'm actually still enjoy the road, so I do that, but uh, 
I did look at my records. I am out of town about 20 hours a week, and I asked you this summer, and y'all said that was all right, but I, I had an oral vote that night. So if you'll just draw a line across the bottom of the page down there and write yes or no, I'd appreciate that. We're going to have revival in Brandon, folks. I believe God, we've had uh, tongues and interpretation. We have had, uh, I've had people give me a word from the Lord. Anybody that comes through here uh, says it's obvious that we are right to the point of ready to really emerge. We got Brother Duncan coming again in January who's going to try to help us get into our Bible study. Uh, you know, last time he was here was a real hectic time. I'm hoping he can stay two or three or four weeks. We probably won't have church uh, much more what we're doing now, but he's going to meet with us and get us out here uh, knocking doors and inviting people, getting Bible studies going. Uh, I wished everybody would get involved in a Bible study. You realize if everybody would get involved in a Bible study, uh, I promise you that we're going to have some new people come into the church. The Word of God works. The Word of God is clear and strong. Uh, it's the seed is good, and some of the ground is good. Y'all keep praying for Daryl and Charlotte, Sister Phillips. Praise the Lord. Y'all had a good trip in Tennessee, did you? And uh, I'm going to tell you, it takes the Holy Ghost, folks, to get a hold of people. We can't do it by ourselves. And... Uh, Praise the Lord. I guess you could give us a little music there, hon, to meditate on if you want to. I don't want you filling it out. <laughs> Especially that part about it. My, well, uh, yeah. Praise the Lord. Brother Ezel. Well, some people feel like that you don't get freedom of expression if you. Well, sign yours, brother. Hallelujah. 